Hi, I'm Annie Fox, and this is Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Rosalind Wiseman, teacher, thought leader, and media spokesperson on bullying and the use of social media. Rosalind's groundbreaking, best-selling book, Queen Bees and Wannabes, was the basis for the movie Mean Girls. And her latest book, Masterminds and Wingmen, is an insightful look at the new rules of boy world. Hi, Rosalind. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, I'm really interested in, in your new take on video games, your focus on this, because for decades, I've actually been a computer game designer myself, though probably not in the realm of controversial video games. So I wanted to start off talking to you about what the draw is of um, violent video games for boys and girls. Well, um, you know, I think that when we look at games that they are doing four things that are really important um, that I think is easy to overlook. I think that they are connecting kids to each other. I think that it is um, that they're, you know, working hard towards something that they think that there's like a hope of success. There's not a guarantee of success. Um, that they are curious, you know, games are giving them more and more challenges and they're working really hard on something. And it also, if, if some games really give you, I mean, really, it's true that some games give you a sense of meaning beyond oneself um, in your social connections to other people or that you're doing something that's just larger than, than you. And I know for a lot of parents that that can seem sort of odd when you look at, you know, games that are, that are especially that are violent. You think, why? I don't get it. I don't like all the noise. It's just way too much stimulation. But for a lot of kids, it does meet those four criteria. And people, when you have that, you're engaged and you want to do whatever it is that um, is making you feel this way. Um, That's the first thing. And then the other thing is, I think for a lot of boys and girls, um, violent video games can be a release. It can be a place where if um, that you can process the frustrations that you have in your real life. Um, and so it can be a real cathartic experience to sit down and to blow something up. And it causes a lot of, exp- you know, noise and all of that. Um, and and, I don't, and you don't get in trouble. Over. Right. You know, the only thing you get in trouble for maybe is that your mom comes in and like yells at you about, you know, doing too much video games, but, um, you know, but it really is, it really can be cathartic for a lot of kids. Well, let's talk a little bit about this because when you and I first talked about this interview and, and what you wanted to speak about, um, you were talking about your own kids and how they were first drawn to violent video games and seemed to have evolved, maybe moved away from those towards more thinking games. And I'm, I'm really interested in how that process happened and what, if any, intervention you provided. Well, I would like to say that I provided the intervention for oh, them yes. to go from from like Call of Duty. I mean, basically, they were playing about a year ago. They, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they were playing video games that a lot of boys their age play. And those that is Call of Duty, COD, um, Halo, and, um, and they were playing some Madden, but they were playing COD just constantly. And I would like to say that I was the one that was um, enabled them to start playing more um, complicated games. Um, even though I know that some people think that COD is complicated, nothing about that. But like, but what happened is that they have a godbrother who came to visit them for the weekend, and he arrived, and he basically said to them, "You're really boring. You've got really boring taste in video games." Oh my! And he, and he brought with him 
games that he thought were um, much more interesting and much more relevant for them and would make them more interesting people. And so from that, they started doing many more, they started doing many more games of like really trying to figure out like, you know, paths and mysteries and stuff like that. So one of the things they're really, really into is Skyrim. That's now that Skyrim is a violent game. Let's be, I mean, absolutely be clear, but, um, but it's, you know, there's, there's all these books that you have to read in it and um, there's all these paths and all these sort of decision-making things that you really need to do in Skyrim. So, but now my, te- my 10 year old is pretty much obsessed with Skyrim. So it's an addicted to Skyrim. So now, you know, it's this constant, constant negotiation and trying to figure out how to have this as a part of your life. Okay, so let's talk about the negotiation in terms of the parents' role and as an influencer for all media, whether it's what they watch on TV or the interactive media that they use for entertainment. It's it's hard, especially when kids can be very um, below the radar about what they're actually doing. And oh my, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. So how do you have those conversations? Your kids are still of the age, 10 and 13, as you say, where, um, you know, you set the rules, but clearly they go to other kids' houses. Oh, not so much. Huh? I mean, I set the rules. I mean, we set the rules. I think that there's some amount of just, you know, this is not, what I'm about to say does not indicate a giving up on my part. I think there has to be some reality about like how much control our, uh, that we have over these situations because, you know, with my kids, like I, I do the passwords. I do the, um, you know, I, what else do I do? Um, I, you know, cut off the service at eight o'clock in the evening. You know, I do all of those things that I tell parents to do. And yet my children are, I'm sure seeing things that I don't want them to see. And there are moments when I see some, like there was a movie they were watching the other day that I thought was so stupid and so disrespectful to both men and women. Um, it was a stupid movie. It was with Hugh Jackman and it was about like these robot things that he was, you know, that he was playing with. And um, like they were life-size robots. I can't remember what it was called. But in any case, I like put the kibosh on it. I was like, that's it. I'm done. You cannot watch that. And they both were looking at me like, what are you talking about? And um, you know, and I can understand. They said, like, we watch things that are worse than this all the time. And I said, yeah, I get that. But this right here, I can't tolerate this. This is just too stupid. And it's too disrespectful to men and to women. Now, do I know that they are seeing other things that are just like that or worse? Yes. But I also think that I cannot stop every single thing that they see. And that once in a while, you know, I'm going to, I am going to see some things that they're doing that I don't like, and I'm going to stop it. Um, but we have to be realistic. Like we've got to be able to articulate our values so that they're, you know, sort of traveling with them in their heads, but they're constantly going to be seeing things that are, um, you know, really problematic. I mean, most kids have seen pornography by the age of 11. Um, you know, that can be pretty frightening for a lot of kids or it can be confusing for children. Um, can we control all of that? I don't think so. Yeah, I think parents go astray when they think that they have the kind of control that we really don't have, either, right. even in our own home, but especially right. when they go visit other kids. So right. I think you brought up something really interesting, and I talk about this myself often, about having our voice inside their head to at least be part of the mix of the influencers when we're not around. Sure. So I'm, I'm curious about um, opportunities that parents sometimes miss instead of just saying, okay, turn this off rather than 
having a real discussion about it when everybody's calm enough to talk and listen. Oh, yeah. And, and kind of to process it so that kids get a sense, what the heck is going on with mom? Why is this not okay? Well, there's two, I think there's a differentiation. One is like, I will tell the kids, you know, and again, we have like all the things I say in my books, like I did this whole video game thing in Masterminds um, about video game rules for the Wiseman Edwards family, you know, my family. And, you know, we had them posted, the, the kids wrote their, we all signed it. And the kids are just constantly, constantly trying to break those rules. And so there are times when I will come in because they've, they're over their allotted amount of time and I will come in and I'll be so furious and I will just turn off the, I'll turn off the screen because it's part of our rules that if you're over your rule, if you're over your time limit, you cannot blame your mother when she walks into the room and turns off the screen because, and you don't, and you lose any unsafe progress because you are violating the rules. So you can't get mad at me for coming in. So it's part of our rules. They still get angry at me about this, but in any case, so I come in and I say, and I get another rule. Right. Exactly. Right. So I come in and I turn off the screen, you know, and I'm real, and I get extreme. I do. I really get irritated with them about this. And, um, that's one thing that's about usage, right. And about like breaking an agreement about a rule that we've, that we've established in the family. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm aggravated. And it does not have anything to do with like the content that I'm seeing Mm -hmm. with content. If I see something with a video game, with a movie, with a television show, with an advertisement, I, you, you know, more often than not, will take, you know, 10, 15 seconds, maybe, I mean like a minute at the most to explain, like, do you see, I will say to them, do you see what's going on here? you know, what do you think you're seeing here? And this is what I'm seeing. And I, this is what I want you, this is what I would like for you to be able to like analyze in while you're seeing these Mm -hmm. things. And so I make a really big distinction between those two things, but the conversation I have with my kids, unless they want to have it with me, um, is a minute long at the most. I'm not going to be having more than a minute conversation because then they stop listening and then there's no point. This is really important, that minute long, and also giving them your perspective. And you may have to repeat that again and again. And and because we're coming from a nuanced adult perspective, and they're just like, hey, we don't see any, as, as you said, when you walked into the crazy movie with Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. they yeah. said, we, we watch way worse than this. Right. And their definition right. of worse is interesting to me. It's like <laughs> their, their perspective of why mom would object to this. I, mm-hmm. I find that fascinating, especially mm-hmm. when our perspective of all of it is either, you know, cultural, societal, um, has it do with sexism, racism, all that stuff. And they're 10 and 13 <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're seeing it on another right. level. So I guess the question here would be um, when your kids are in someone else's home. And your voice is inside their head. They're also, they're also having to deal with the peer pressure of, come on, we're all playing this game. You're here with us. Yeah, sure. What's a child and, to do? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I also think that video games really do, they do provide social, social connection for other kids. You know, sitting on a couch playing Madden or playing FIFA or playing um, Call of Duty or any of those things. Those are, you know... Those are social moments. And um, what I make also a distinction about is kids on a couch playing with each other and kids playing with other people online. And that makes it so much more complicated. So, I mean, there's really like gradations of this stuff because one of the things I think parents don't, a lot of parents don't realize is that 
there are, is that when the people, when kids are networking with other people, especially with those very kind of macho sort of jock games like Madden um, and Call of Duty, um, Grand Theft Auto, that the, that the networking, when they're on talking to other people, the, the stuff that people are saying, real people are saying, so it has nothing to do with the content, is that, um, you know, it's really about, you know, what's, what's going on with how people are talking to each other. Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, the game experience flavors the kind of conversations that's happening in the sidebar. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, so there's lots of games, Dota, League of Legends, um, Zelda, you know, there's so many games. And the issue of the social dynamics within the game with the real people that are playing the game, um, you know, if you're constantly hearing words like faggot or retarded or like absolutely violent ways of describe women or talking if when a girl raises, you know, it talks into her headset and then all of a sudden people are talking about raping her. I mean, that's like, that's the problem. And that's, I mean, not really, I want to focus on that in wow. some ways, you know, more than the violent content that my children are seeing. Yeah. Um, or say to this way, not one exclusive to the other because parents literally look at the back of a video game and go, Oh, it says M or T and I'm going to buy the game. They could have a T on it. It could have an E on it for everybody. And it could have unbelievably toxic social dynamics going on in the game. This is so fascinating, Rosalind, because I have never thought about this part of it that you're talking about. My kids are all grown up and out of the house. And, and um, yes, what is content and where is the blurry line? And so let me ask you this. How are you as a parent who's really up on this stuff aware of the sidebar content that we're talking about, which is non-scripted, doesn't right. have a letter or a oh, warning yeah. on it? Yeah, here's, I mean, here's the one thing, <laughs> a couple, what was it, two months ago, my husband um, went, I guess, to Best Buy with my boys, and so they all got the headsets so that they could um, play, I'm not sure, I don't remember which, which game, why they did it, but I come home, and I see the headsets, and this is in the middle of, like, doing some research, some research I was doing, and I pretty much had a temper tantrum about it. And, um, I mean, I made such a huge scene about these headsets that, uh, my husband would said, she's very, who's like, okay, boys, we're just going to take them back. We're going to return these headsets. But this is a line for me. Um, in all seriousness, um, my children do not have the headsets. Um, I don't allow it. Um, I, and I be, and not, not just because I don't, because I don't want them listening to it, but I, I also do not, I hate saying this as a mom, but I have to be realistic. I think if my children are normalized around that kind of stuff, and they are listening to people that they're going to participate in it. I'm not thinking they're above it. And um, I can't, I, I, it's almost like I'm setting them up for being conditioned this way. And I can't, and I can't do that to them. Um, so they're not, that's the one that is really one of the only sort of technology um, things um, in our house that I've absolutely forbidden. Um, and, you know, that's just a, that's a line for me because I'm so concerned about the toxic social environment of a game. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here. Sure. They're at someone sure. else's house. They've got a bunch of headsets there. They're playing sure. the same game. What's up? Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's less, well, first of all, I think it's less likely for them with other kids, kids at another person's, when they're at somebody else's house, I think that um, what they more likely will do um, is that they will have, that they'll do, you know, a large game with a group of people and you might see, especially if someone hacks the game, you'll see that kind of nasty stuff on the sidebar. You won't hear it because they, right. Cause once you put your headsets on right now, the way our technology is, um, you're sort of disconnecting from the people that are so, you know, sort of around you physically. 
Um, but I mean, but certainly kids can go to my children, go to other people's houses and play, um, and play games that, you know, I might find problematic, probably like Grand Theft Auto would probably be the, one of the biggest ones. You keep mentioning that one and I want to find out why you hate that one so much. Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's lots of games that have really problematic scenes in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know because I've talked to boys a lot, not my own boys, but I've talked to high school boys a lot who I really respect, who love GTA five. And, um, and I mean, these are boys I really respect. And, um, I just think that there's a torture scene in it that I have a real big problem with. And I have a big problem in a game with somebody who can have a prostitute and kill that prostitute and take the money back. That's the problem I have. That's these kinds of social norming that I'm thinking like, I don't have a problem with you in a first-person shooter game. I, I, I don't really. I don't really have a problem with, with COD, for example. But I really have a problem with being in a social situation that you're acting out where you are killing a prostitute and being rewarded for it. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I think you got to pick your battles, and that's mine. Um, and uh, so that – but there's but GTA Five is not the only game that that is setting up those kinds of scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I just want parents to be able to be nuanced because what, what will happen and what parents have said to me, especially when Grand Theft Auto V first came out, was their son saying similar to what my son said to me, which was, but I do – I've been playing violent video games forever. And then parents that they don't know can't differentiate between the games that we're talking about and then say, okay, I guess you're right. I'll get you the game. Okay. And, you know, that's, that's you know, kids are always going to try and push the limits on that stuff. Of course. So let's um, – we, we have a few more minutes here. Let's wrap up with three action steps for parents who have vague or specific concerns about video games in their children's lives. Well, I think the action steps are, you know, what games your children are playing. Um, and that's really important. I think that you take a few minutes to actually play those games. You do not have to become an expert on these games, but I think you need to sit down and play them for a few minutes. So that's the, those are two know the games your children are playing and, um, Play and the then, games. <laughs> and play the game. And then the third thing is if they've got those headsets, I really don't, I really don't want parents thinking that overall this is horrible. Um, I want you to also to look at, you know, if you've got questions about any of the games that your children are playing, mm-hmm. the, the gamers themselves do an amazing job of writing about and blogs about the issues in the game. Mm-hmm. So if you have questions about it, like if you have, if you want to think about or look at what I'm talking about with GTA 5, just put in GTA 5 prostitutes. And you'll see gamers, like people who love GTA 5, talking about these kinds of scenes in a really important way. So I think you actually can get the information you need from the people who love the games themselves. That's a great point. And share those blog postings with your child. Oh, definitely. Because you know why? Because they're not going to be there. First of all, they're going to think like, oh, my mother is going or my dad's going on gaming blogs. This Mm -hmm. is okay. This is it, it takes the control out of their hands. Right. Right. Good point. Well, Rosalind, I want to thank you for the time you spent with me this morning and also for this work because I think it's, it's groundbreaking and it really shines a light in um, that dark family room where the kids, the kids are glued to the screen right. and parents are clueless. We need, to, right. we need to be aware of what's going on because these games influence our kids and the way they Absolutely. think and the way and they And they, they influence the dynamics in the family, right? And so that's important too, obviously. Great. Thanks so much and keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. And tune in next week 
when my guest, Dr. Deborah Gilboa, and I will talk about building resilience in kids. Until then, happy parenting. Happy parenting.